0: At least I'm not dressed up as an altar boy.
1: Whiskey won't awaken Have some fun while you hear. Do you listen? Do
0: you hear it's coming in light and clear I will I will start out by a story. Uh if I can. I don't think I have a say. Alright, cool. Well uh On my way down here, a state leader telephoned me, and we were talking about this earlier, so I won't get the name, Um, but I said, hey, I'm going down to see Lee. We're um, starting a podcast about our old business, and he's like, you know, I've been a lawyer for small startups for years, and he's like, the founders never, ever talk to each other after they actually sell the company or split up. (laughs) And uh, I was like, all the guys, like, you guys are still talking to me? I was like, I can't imagine a week goes by that we're not talking to each other.
1: Or at least sending dirty pictures to each other of each other. (laughs) No, I I don't do that. (laughs) At least I'm
0: not dressed up as an altar boy.
1: But you know what? I will say, um, you were my second startup. You were not my first version, love. But um, I left my first startup with a disdain for business partners. Yeah. And it wasn't that they were bad people. It was that they, um, we didn't have a connection outside of work. Yeah. It was strictly business. And I think what I'm finding in business is that to be successful, it can't be just work. Like you have to trust, you have to trust them as a person, you know? Yeah. And um, I loved, uh, you know, I just, I loved that relationship building as part of it you know yeah um and my current business partner our wives call us um their work husbands and or work wives or whatever so um i get it but you guys
0: live right across the street from each other too
1: yes yeah
0: (laughs) but it's really cool right because and we didn't always go out to dinner uh that often
1: no and it wasn't like our social circles were 100% overlapped or anything like that
0: kids at the same time we were um there's something that just made us click and the one story we always tell like i always tell over and over again is that that rainy night at two in the morning where neither of us called each other but we both showed up at the office (laughs) at the exact same time because we were worried about a client
1: yeah yeah and it just happened yeah um i thought you were going to tell the story about how you became the cfo because i lost our first check yeah well
0: (laughs) I, i can cross that one off
1: the list or whatever
0: um but I'm excited about this uh, podcast. And I remember the first time we did a podcast a long time ago, I was actually nervous. And I was like, oh, i got to stop, 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 stop. I like, now it's like, well, you just get older, you do these things, and it makes it a lot easier, and the stories become easier. <clears throat> and I'm excited about this um, becoming a, a, a podcast of stories. And uh, you had mentioned that earlier. And I think that's, um, that's the only stuff you remember over a period of time. Like, yeah,
1: you know, yeah.
0: Like, What are you hoping to get out of this? Well, even just you just saying how... Partnerships are business. I think I'm still learning like I I there's things that you say that I'll still like every time we get together For last so it's been 10 years since we were in business together. Holy crap, right? 2011 we left Archer. Yeah, and then yeah um, And we get together and you'll say something I'm like, oh god I gotta take that back and I'll still remember (laughs) that or reminding me of a story or whatever like so I'm still learning at this stuff And then, um, hearing people that have sweat through the same things we have, everyone's different. Like there's never, there's never a rule book of like, here's step one, here's step two, here's step three. It's always a different path. And no matter if this is the last business I'm in right now, or I start 20 more after this, um, It'll be something different every time. Like someone said to me the other day, like, Hey, you started you, this business that you're in. It must be old hat to you. Cause you've done the same thing. And certainly you've carried some things on, but they're never, ever the same. Yeah. I yeah. don't know. How about you?
1: Um, I, I want people to look at, like they look at entrepreneurs and they say, Oh my God, you guys, you know, you, you caught magic in a bottle or, you yeah. know, you, there's no way I could do this. And, um, like we have a woman that works for us at our Lewis location, at Grain on the Rocks, go Grain, um, <laughs> and she her goal is to be a baker. Her goal is she wants to do a uh, gluten free bakery, and nothing excites me more than trying to help her do that, you know. And you try to push her along as much as she will let you, because you don't want her to quit, <laughs> as yeah. because you're just being too overbearing. But to me, it would be a real success story if she got too busy with her other job and and like what's holding her back right now is her fear and her being afraid to um fail i think you know and you um like when we uh, just to spin this as another uh, another reason thing like when we when jim and i my business current business partner we're talking about opening a restaurant and everybody was like oh my god it's so risky yeah. You know, it, the, yeah, the, like
0: 150 reasons why not to start. It. Right. I remember standing there, people saying, like, what are you, freaking crazy?
1: <laughs> and, you know, my kids are like, like, apparently they're messaging each other, like, dad's going to, you know, get rid of our college money on this restaurant thing. But um, so many businesses fail and nobody knows about them. And a restaurant fails and everybody knows about it. And so everybody's like afraid of failure. But I think, if you get comfortable with failing a little bit each time, um and and failing fast and and not taking your house with it, but learning from that. Like there's so many times you and I screwed up with Archer, but we screwed up once, you know, yeah. and then we got better at it and we learned from that. Yeah. And and so I was just hoping that people in Delaware and and beyond, but hopefully they can listen to us and listen to the people that we want to talk to and say, um, I can do that. Yeah. you know.
0: And here's the, just, uh, uh this, is, this is so awesome. Um, it, even the term battle scars, I remember, um, like, one thing I tell myself when I listen to an under entrepreneur tell their story on a stage is that history cleans out all the crap, wow. right? Yeah. And there's no, um, there's no way it was that easy. And they just by chance got there because they just kept at it. They didn't stop. Right. And it's, um, those scars, like you do not hear the stories of the hell that they went through, the bankruptcies they were on the edge of, or whatever. And I'm hoping that those stories come out to say to enable other people or en- en- embolden them to say, like, okay, I'm going to go through a lot of hell for the next few years, but it's going to be, um, but I'll get through it, you right? Know? And right. and I'll know when to change because that's the hardest part is like always knowing like when do you stop and then continue on. And then another thing, I was reading. Um, a good book, Brian. Or no, Holiday. Uh, I can't remember the Daily Stoic. I came out. And he, um, it's about courage. And he st- he says the thing, being uh, being scared versus being afraid. And okay. scared is the point where you um, you're, you're you're thinking through. I'm scared to jump out of this airplane. I'm scared to start this business. But your mind starts to build up the things, whether you know it or not, of like how do you prevent yourself from not like jumping out of the airplane without a parachute? You start thinking about this stuff. When you're afraid, you're um, constantly thinking you, you, it prevents you from doing something. And so the difference between being scared is like you'll still do it if you're scared, but you'll get start. You start to get used to being scared. And I think that's really cool. And your second business, my business archer was really truly my first business i had another business before but it's because someone threw my hat over the fence and i had to figure out how to get it and i love that <laughs> statement but i was scared but i didn't have a choice i had two kids at home that, right. that I was screaming right. right and we had to get it done right um you were like who the hell is this guy <laughs> who wants to join a business because i had begged <laughs> bullshit i i begged you constantly like let's do this let's do this let's do this and you're like i don't want business partners i've been through it before or whatever and then and then you lost the first check.
1: So you, figured, you have it. <laughs> I figured I needed you,
0: but scared versus afraid. And, um, like the more you're scared, the more you get accustomed to it. And then building a restaurant, it's like, yeah, you know, I've been through this. It's going to be hard. I get it. But you know, I'm not as scared as I used to. I need to be scared again for doing other things. So I'll open five, <laughs> which I think where green is right now.
1: Well, let's, um, I, I'm sure in post we'll figure some other way to maybe put this at the front of the conversation. Yeah. But, I think we need to tell people who we are Mm. and, and like we've talked, let's say, uh, all right. Hello everybody. The name of this podcast is battle scars. (laughs) (laughs) My name's Lee Michaels and I'm with Patrick Allian and we used to have a company called the Archer group. Yeah. Bob Archer. And, um, we did not start this company together, but we did grow this company together or I'll say we were both doing the same things individually. And then we decided, I think I remember telling you, you know, let's push that mountain up that, or that rock up the hill together. Yeah. And, um, so it's not like we both sat in a room and say, let's start this company. Like we were both doing our same, doing similar things. And I think we had enough respect for each other that we were able to do that. And, and so what we want to do is have this podcast on a regular basis with people who are in the area that have also figured out how to be an entrepreneur.
0: Yeah. And we want to hear the stories of their pain uh, or their learning. and their successes. Yeah, their learnings that that um, I could maybe help you or even help ourselves, because uh, as I go through these things and the meetups I used to do, it was it, as long as I'm if I'm I'm willing to show up and learn something from this thing, then that's good enough. And if no one else is listening, that's all good.
1: And I think the thing you taught me is that networking and getting out there and engaging others and and communicating and and building those relationships, and and I think if I think if we can talk about that with other people, they can say, all right, it's worth it going out to that meeting, even though it's nobody I like, or, you know, I could stay at home and be in my uh, house pants watching Netflix, but I need to go out. I need to go out and try and get two more business cards.
0: Yeah, exactly. So, um, maybe we start out like how we met Yeah. or how's that? um, Well, it was
1: well before Archer. Yeah. It was at that brewery. That's not even there anymore.
0: It was even before that. So, um, bullshit. No, I swear to God, it was at (laughs) Subway. What? remember the, uh, what'd you call him? White Powderface was there. Um, <laughs> but it was the subway. Um,
1: sorry, Powderface.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we, um, so fast company magazine used to have these things that were similar today to meetups and it was right. So it was back in 2000, company of friends, company of friends right? Yeah. And, um, Heath something. Thank you. You're still out there. We've thanked you before, but, <laughs> um, we said, let's get together. And so we all got together at the subway There were like four or five of us, and um, you started talking about interactions and stuff like that.
1: What were we doing individually? Like, What were you doing at that point?
0: So um, I was working um, for a law firm because I had just graduated from law school. I I had um, graduated from law school, took the bars and that kind of stuff, and I was working for a technology company before, but got laid off. And I was looking for any time to network kind of stuff, and I was working for a law firm at the same time and um company friends said you know get together with a group what were you doing
1: i i think i was still at my previous company insight which was me and two others wow. um and uh and yeah and, and i loved i loved fast company magazine like yeah. and so when they said an opportunity to that was the meet bible people, for our day yeah. yeah yeah and they used to pick on consultants and a lot of times we were doing consulting work yeah you know but i still respected that you know
0: and when they did the company of friends it was in Wilmington. Del- I saw one that was listed. Like you go on a website and yep. say listed in Wilmington. Del- I was like, Wilmington, Delaware, there's no way. And again, the only five people showed up from the whole state, but I mean, only five people live there too. But the, <laughs> um, but it wasn't in Philadelphia and all that kind of stuff. It was there. And, uh, you, you were home and, uh, and I just listened to you talk and I was like, I could never talk that way to a client. And, um, uh, and I thought that was pretty cool. I also had this desire, because I I had started emails uh, for different clubs and stuff like that, like HTML-enabled emails.
1: They were really good um, hat dance emails, right? <laughs>
0: <laughs> God, I'm sure it still exists out there. I guess got sued by the ACLU or something. But, uh, and then we had another one. And then I remembered, I was nervous and I said, I'm going to, I'm going to reach out to Lee and di- I'm going to just put it out there. And I said, yeah. and I said, I have like four or five of these different clients because I'm doing emails on my own. It's called in touch design and communication. Right. You had cohesive strategies right. and you were just going to focus on SEO. Right. And so we met at, I remember cause I lived in, on uh, Madison street, we met at deep blue. Okay. And uh, at the bar. And I said, I've got these five emails. Let's combine this thing. And you're like, hell no! I've been through the partnership before. I'm good, or whatever. But but we continued it
1: on, right? And then uh, and we kept like, the relationship going. Yeah, and uh, because it was, I think it was based on respect. I think like we both saw something and mutual like, interest. Yeah, well. and we're not, you know, the other person wasn't a douchebag and other stuff. And I think <laughs> I pretty <well>, much was. <laughs> but I think a lot of times these startups, everybody's got such an ego. They have to show that they're hot, like that they're the hot thing. They're always so busy. They've always got so much business. They're so successful. And I think you and I were both at a point where we were like yeah, like we're struggling. Like yeah. we're getting by, but we're eager to do more. Yeah. And I think that's a different MO than other people like we were talking about earlier today that you know are always you know they're always the biggest and the baddest.
0: Yeah. And you were genuinely like open to listen. Like you didn't care that I wore a suit to our first meeting. <laughs> and you were in jeans and a t-shirt and you're like cause I came from the big consulting world or whatever. And and I'm sure you probably ran when I first said that, but the, uh, so we had that, um, uh, discussion that we keep kept going on. And then, um, I remember too, I said, let's pitch a client together. Yep. And I was actually, then I started consulting for someone down in DC and I had been trying to get into Winneter for ages. And this is really kind of interesting. I was thinking about this last night. The, um, was a, a museum here in Delaware and, Um, I wanted to do one of those emails to them and I would figure out any way to email them or talk to them, whatever, and was always so nervous or whatever. And you you just picked up the phone and called them and they're like, what was that all about? But it was, yeah. I think that's right. Was that the first one? Yeah.
1: And, And what I always say about new business is cold calling is essential, but it's the absolute random matching of somebody's need to what you're offering is there's no skill to it there's no i mean there's might be a little skill but it's just numbers it's you know how many people can you can you connect with and i remember that later the woman at winator told me that um she had made like a new year's resolution that she was going to take more of these meetings wow and and that helped us you know it wasn't like i'm going to speak to handsome redheads or anything like that she's yeah. just like i want to i'm going to listen to more of these sales calls that come in
0: but you just picked up the phone and called her yeah and you weren't scared
1: oh i'm sure i was scared
0: but you had but if i remember right your previous business you also pitched someone on the elevator who became a massive client of you guys right right and and that that was a cold call like for right so you had
1: done it once maybe but again it's this random stuff and i think you have to be you have to be confident enough in what you're offering. But also, I think you have to separate it. That if they say no, it doesn't mean they hate you as a person. It just means that your pitch didn't match again their random need. Yeah, and I think that um, while sales are essential, I think it's that relationship building. Yeah, you know, and um,
0: that's right. And so the relationship building piece for the winitor was important because you got the call, we got the meeting. It was a three hundred dollar. Right email, right we went in there, and we became f- instant friends with her. I right. remember the couch that we sat on. she's no longer with us. It was sad when she died, but she um but also the people that she had on her team like, that she felt instantly that she could connect with us, and that that went on to the bigger clients too, like yeah. we? so yeah. um we sat down on our couch. We we could relate to her. How's your day going? Beautiful. I mean, like we weren't.
1: It wasn't always selling. Yeah. It was selling us. I guess it was saying we can build a relationship with you.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I'll, I'll the the craziest things is the people that we met in that meeting. I'm still friends with to this day.
1: I ran into them two weeks ago. Yeah. And and yeah.
0: And uh, have made an impact on my life like you would not believe. And they're the ones who also got us the next. This. they're the ones who got us the largest client that that company archer who's been bought out by multiple people are still relying on today happened in that room wow With chase yeah you know, i'll just say that yeah. but the um that that all connection just is, is amazing and it was because we wanted to be their friends and all that kind of stuff and we weren't under pressure it's what it
1: was, was it that we wanted to be their friends but that we yeah we felt like there was a connection it's not like we're out there trying to make we're not trying to just be friends with people, yeah. but there were people that we could connect with and we found something to connect with. And we weren't afraid to connect with them first and then talk business second.
0: Right. And I was always amazed. Like you got, the, so she said yes. And, um, and I remember the night we pressed the button to send that out <laughs> and I was like, holy cow, you press it no, I'll press it, whatever. Um, but that was a, it, it was a, Looking back now, and you would have never known this during that time, that was a very magical moment. (laughs) You you wouldn't have known it as you were sitting there, um, like, it's only $300, it's not going to put the gas payment or whatever, but it was the start. And then we um, just started adding on, and I remember the next time that the clarity was that we were sitting and and, and when I say the next time, it's all the, the tough times we forget. Like, I'm sure that you got sick of me saying, what's the design of this look like? Or we were designing it and we weren't (laughs) even designers. And there's a few stories of that, but um, there were some difficult times during that two weeks or three weeks or whatever it was. And we wanted to overperform for them. And then we're sitting in the brouhaha at some point talking about them. And then, of course, you know what happened next. What happened. Yeah,
1: and um, it's those random interactions. Yeah. And uh, just having that person walk in, Joe walked into the coffee shop with us, and he remembered me from another client or a past life and, uh, and said he had an opportunity for us. And and I think that that, that sort of reinforces what makes – what we kind of focused on in Delaware was that um, the thing I always say is that your reputation precedes you Yeah, and that um, – you can't, the work that you do and the person that you are follows with you, you know, and it probably does in every other state, but I think in Delaware, due to its size, like he went into that coffee shop. It's not like there were a thousand other coffee shops in Wilmington, you know, and it, it was absolutely random, but still like that reputation, if I had screwed him over on that previous project or didn't return his call. You remember that? Yeah. Yeah. And he would just keep on moving. and. Yeah. And so I think that, um, I think that one of the things that I'm proudest of, of what we did was that we, you know, it was our reputation. Like there were times that we did things, we did a lot of things that were for, because they were the right thing. Yeah. And, um, you know, that still carries through with how Jim and I operate today is that we'll do things that might not be the the right financial decision, but they're the right thing to do. Yeah. And yeah. I think that that in Delaware, more so than anywhere, I think that, that matters, yeah. you know?
0: Yeah, it, it, and it could happen anywhere. But um, absolutely, and the, and the other thing is that there's no script for this. It's just being genuine as we, we sat yeah. there that one time. there was we, we never had a business plan. I don't ever remember writing this down. You may have one for cohesive strategies.
1: Now, The only business plan I remember was when we sat down on that whiteboard oh, yeah. and wrote out, you know, if we want to be a company as big as we want to be, what kind of people do we need? And so then we kind of said, well, if we need this, if we need 20 of these types of people, well, we right. need to generate this amount of revenue. Yeah. And that kind of, that became our business plan.
0: And it was even like, if we want to meet the client's demands, who, who do we need to be able to do this? Right. Uh, because we, we were obviously not the designers and we were in a design. <laughs> we had clients telling us do not design. <laughs> yeah, I know. It was kind of crazy. Uh, but no, those early days, like they're, they're they're still sitting out in my mind. And there's like uh, you, you, we both sat down, and like um, wrote down the stories of, hey, let's talk about the like, what are the stories we want to tell. And I, I had a whole list of them. Like there's no way that we have enough time to be able to do something like this. Right. Um, but even that, just the very very first days, and there are days like I'll be honest with you, like that I just want to give up and just like this sucks. I'm not doing this. Uh, and there are teams where I'm sure you wanted to ring my neck, and I wanted to ring yours because I was a straight-laced suit and tie guy, and wanted to overperform for every client. And you're like, you're not thinking about this right. And I wanted to kill you, and you wanted to kill me. And well, I, we both had to learn. Yeah.
1: And and I think that that if in choosing a partner, um, you don't want somebody identical to you. Yeah. You know, and I think that uh, I think that. You've got to find somebody that can be sort of a yin to your yang. Somebody that is good at things that you don't, that you aren't good at. And so I think it starts with you acknowledging that you're not good at everything. And so when you sort of look at yourself and say, I'm not like, I'm not an Excel guy. Like I'm not a numbers guy, you know, and, and you, you show me, you know, financial reports and I'm just going to go right to the bottom and then I'm kind of out of the meeting. But you, you could dig into those numbers. You could dig in, you know, you're, you <laughs> you're over there knocking on my desk saying, you need to go collect this money. And, <laughs> <laughs> and then
0: you're the one sitting there in the office saying, I'm not leaving until there's a check in my hand. Uh, That's a great but, story with that
1: one. But yeah, you, um, and, and so I think it's that yin to yang. Yeah. I, I think it's that acknowledgement that um, you aren't good at everything or you're not great at everything. Let's just say that. And so you need to find people, you need to look at, when you look at what's essential to running a business, you have to be good at delivering whatever that product is that you're delivering. So if you're a dentist, you have to be good at making sure those teeth are straight or, you know, or the fillings come out and stuff like that, but you don't have to be good at making sure, you know, the vendors get paid or the, you know, the, the, the appointments get booked or the insurance coverage is matched up. You can find somebody to do that, but if you think you can do it all, then you're you know, you're set up for failure. Yeah. And I think that, um, finding a partner. Like, like we talked about earlier when I left my old business I didn't want a partner because I didn't have a great partner experience I'm not saying it was bad if you're listening um, <laughs> <laughs> but it just wasn't what I was looking for you know yeah. like we're not going into this for the dollars we're like we're going for this for a measure of success that we feel is that we proved ourselves to be successful and yes there's a financial element of it and yes there's other things but like I'm we did Archer, or I believe I did Archer, you know, for the success of looking at that company and saying, we built a really good company.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I, I, um, I never went in with, like, trying to find a partner, but then, uh, but I knew I couldn't make this successful without it, you know, and, uh, I, even the businesses that I have afterwards, like, the... Um, that's the only, I can't do it alone or by myself. And I think that's the best part of having a business is you can go in and laugh about it and just like, Holy cow, we screwed up or yeah, that's awesome.
1: But it is lonely. Like, yeah, it is one of the things that,
0: um, I'd be really curious about the people who actually are, um, doing it alone, like how they're doing it Yeah. and what do they really see as their partner? Well, we'll have to get them on, on this podcast. That's right.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, running a business uh, is lonely because you can't confide in the people that know the most about it who are your employees because you're going to confide in one that you know you're going to ultimately gonna have to lay off or not you have to part with at some point point. Um, and uh, you can't be It's it's having a partner allows you to just like, I guess, at a, in a marriage, it allows you to sort of share conversations.
0: Yeah. And I don't know many businesses that are by themselves. Like, I mean, everything from Jeff Bezos, who had his wife that, like, at the very beginning moments to just to work those things through, or, um, I mean, every business that you see out there, there's a partner in there somewhere. Um, and maybe that's the title of this podcast, but I, I also, I mean, there's so many other things. I I'm, I'm really curious, I uh, maybe and you can steer me back if this is, if you don't want to go down this route, but what made you choose the areas of business that you were in? Like, um, did you work at a business before and then say, I've got to start this business on my own. Like what made you like say, I want to do this on my own.
1: Um, I've always wanted to do marketing and I've always had a love for technology and growing up, we didn't have a lot of technology. I mean, we had early computers. I remember you and I talked about you know those early computers. But I love technology, but I think I just wanted to be in those areas. Like that's the work I wanted to do. That's what excited me.
0: But your dad worked for Dupont right. for multiple years, right? And never like, but you started your own business. How did that happen? Like,
1: um, I guess I just I was the one that believed in myself the most. I guess you know I was carving out a, an entity that, uh, something that I wanted to do, and maybe it was a newer field, but it's just something that I wanted to do. Um, and I actually jumped out on my own. It's a too long story for his podcast, but I jumped out on my own with two other business partners from another business to. Like we all jumped out on our own because we saw an opportunity. We saw a market change. And they
0: called you up and said, Would you like to start a
1: Well, we were working together. Yeah. At and, at the company. Yeah. And the company was was failing, but our digital side was not. And because of the work that we had done, um, we were not failing. And so we decided let's just spin this thing out. Now this was during the dot com days. We're going to meetings in New York. Um Discussing opportunities to buy us before we even sprung out mm-hmm. and we started this thing with a whole idea of let's just grow this for a year and sell it And that's a whole different partnership model than yeah. I want to build a business with somebody, you know, yeah, so um, I was uh, go ahead. No, I've, I've, I've lost where we are
0: All right. <laughs> Like when that spark of like get leaving your job or leaving everything like that happened and um, I remember um, being in a closet, I was consultant and I had watched the owner of the company. I was with a big consulting firm, and then I watched the owner of a company start, like by himself, charging things out. And it was during that dot com phase as well. So I think I wonder if that, like, we're, we're reading Fast Company about other people doing this is kind of coming out of it. But I remember being in a closet, um, literally, like my desk was in a closet, and you had. When did that, you come
1: out of the closet? <laughs> <laughs>
0: well it's about right right, right then right <laughs> um uh but there was the coffee maker that had uh the big globe you know the globe coffee yeah. maker and yeah. then it had burnt and so it had like the bottom burning right. on it to, and then above me was a neon light and it was like <laughs> kind of thing you know, like and you could hear it all day long and i went over because i had to turn in something and the the guy who was cio had the um toupee and all that stuff and <laughs> I was like, I went back to my desk. I was like, physically can't sit here anymore because you've been, you were dreaming all the time about the, your, your own company. Like I could do this, I could do this. And then you fit and, you, and I didn't save up a ton of money, but I had knew I had a month that I wow. could do. And so, um, I remember at a lunchtime and I was going to like the Barnes and Noble just to hang out during lunches before just to read, reading fast company, magazine, Harvard business review, whatever, nothing special. But then I was like, I can't physically sit here anymore. So I got up and drove down and I said, I got to take a month leave of absence. I got to do it. And um, wow. I had saved up enough money and I had talked to Jen like during the drive over. I was like, I can't sit here anymore. This is driving me nuts. It's going to kill me and I don't want to die knowing I did this. <laughs> and um, so I went in and I took a month off and I got one email um, through the club or whatever. Right, the right. And then... Um, it was at the end of the month. I'm like, all right, well, I've got one. I can continue this on, but I'm going to go back to work. So I, I've got a, a path that I'm going to do it. So I called up back and I said, hey, I'm ready to come back. It's at the end of the month. And, um, uh, yeah, where where do you want me? And like, well, we've got some bad news for you. The company, it was a dot-com bubble. They chopped off the top, and we have to let you go. And you have two weeks. Wow. We had a brand-new Volvo out back, two kids screaming. <laughs> and my um, – I remember walking down to my wife, who was holding both the kids, and and I said, "I've got this. Could be the best day of my life or the worst day of my life." And it was literally that's exactly how it happened. And then th- that week, I met with you at the restaurant and said, "Like, how can we make this thing happen?" Wow. You know, kind wow. of thing. But it was more like, I, and I do say that's when someone threw my head over the fence and said, "Like, you got to go figure it out," because we had I had no other option. You couldn't get a job at the time. It was Cause the best of the, time because of the bubble. The bubble, yeah and i had started one client i had met you and i was like this this will work it'll figure it out we i think our first paychecks were a thousand dollars
1: when month. we got them yeah yeah
0: in the early days and i do remember finally the way we would start structure our, our paychecks is we would hire someone and they would make more than us and we're like well we got to be at least that because <laughs> we can't pay them more than we're paying us Um, and I remember the train ride where we we were going up to New York and we figured that out. Like, okay, here's how you pay your, here's how we're going to pay ourselves. But we struggled the first few months and we laughed. I mean, you, you had me laughing every day and that, that was key. Um, But those
1: struggles, like those are real. And that's, if somebody's looking to come out and do their own business, they have to understand it's going to be some lean years or months, you know, it's going to be lean. Yeah. And, and so that means you have to start thinking about an entrepreneur well before that.
0: But it doesn't mean you have to save up six months, or it doesn't mean right. you have, there's no script that says a month, a day, right. a year, or whatever right. it is.
1: But um, you do, you should have some level of savings. Yeah. <laughs> um, but maybe it's not. Yeah, maybe it's not six months. But I, I totally agree. Um, you you just like you you keep saying throw that hat over the fence. Like that was something we used all the time at Archer. We would yeah. you know buying that first laser printer that we spent probably eight hours discussing. Oh, But, um, you just got to take that plunge and, and then for the foreseeable future now today, I think for people looking at being an entrepreneur, you can always go back and do something else. Yeah. Like it wasn't like if you failed, life was over. Right. You know, and if, if we failed, all right, we could go back to do something else. We may not enjoy it. We may have to go to Barnes and Noble for lunch to get some mental enjoyment, but we could pay the bills. Yeah. And I think that, um people looking to go out there. You're right. There is no proper level of money that you need to have. There's never going to be the right time to be pregnant. There's never going to be the right time to start a business, but just go out there and acknowledge that when you fail, um, if you fail, like just, you know, remember the journey and, and move on. Like, yeah. it's not like, it's not like the world's ending.
0: And I, I would contend that like, if you look at like what, uh, what's the worst thing that, that could happen?
1: Like, right. Even if you don't
0: have savings, you go bankrupt. You could lose your children. You could lose your whatever. You'd be at ba- back on the bottom, but you'll build yourself back up. I contend that the worst thing that could happen is you could be on your deathbed saying, I wish I had done that. And yeah. that to me is like, that's the hardest thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. And there's so many laughs and joys and all that kind of stuff. You'll figure it out. You'll figure it out.
1: There were a couple quotes.
0: Oh, yeah. You've got a good one. But I don't
1: there. know if I. Uh,
0: what was the. You, you had an artist one. There once was
1: a man from... No, (laughs) it's not that one. (laughs) I wrote it down. Oh, it was Van Gogh. I quit. That was me. (laughs) (laughs) Telling you. (laughs) Multiple times a week. Mm -hmm. Um, Let me find it. All right. So this is from Vincent Van Gogh. I mean, a man was an amazing painter. We went to that exhibit. We remember his name. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, we do. Um, Success is sometimes the outcome of many failures. Like that, that, I think that's pretty cool. And then Michael Jordan, he said, I've missed more than 9,000 shots in my career. I've almost lost 300 games, 26 times. I've been trusted to take the game, game winning shot and missed. I've failed over and over again in my life. And that's why I succeed. Yeah. Like, so I hope that, like, there's such a fear of failure and such a, I don't, maybe it's not as bad today, but there was a stigma, a big stigma of failure. You know, you start a business and you fail because you're out there telling everybody about your business, and all of a sudden it's not there anymore. Um, oh, I went back to such and such. You know, I'm an accountant. I tried to do my own accounting thing. I realized I didn't want to do that. I'm now working for another accounting firm. Fine. Yeah. Um, but you learn something through that. You know, you took that shot, and like you're saying, that shot you didn't take is the one that you're going to miss the most. Yeah. You know. And look
0: back on your life and anything that you have done, if you haven't been scared, like then nothing good, coming. everything. The first time you step on stage as a kid or, uh, called a girlfriend or a boyfriend or whatever it might be, or, um, took a partnership with Lee Michaels, like, oh, man, this is <laughs> the worst ever. But, uh, if you haven't been scared, like you're not doing something. And so you should actually look for times to be scared and, uh, not afraid, but to scared. You
1: know? But that joy that, yeah, that you, um, that joy when the when when the person says yes when you ask them, you know, when you ask them out. Like, yeah. you were scared leading up to that, but that excitement you got at the end of that was uh, was the thing you're going to remember, yeah. you know?
0: You know what so. scares me now is like, oh, I just realized this, but all our employees are going to listen to this and quit tomorrow. <laughs> 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 it's kind of crazy, yeah. Um, well, I hope uh, everybody gets out of this. I mean, um, the... Um, uh, the sparks of ideas and i I hope that's what we explore like i i look forward to asking everybody comes to this table what, what was that time what what was the start what was the hard point what's the failure that you had or what were you scared of um and that um i learned through these things uh to start my next one or to do the next big
1: thing yeah yeah absolutely Well, this is good. I don't know if it'll see the light of day, but um, (laughs) someday. (laughs) Thanks to Ryan Michaels for helping us figure out (laughs) this command key. (laughs) He's awesome, and for our uh, our kids
0: for getting us here.
1: This is cool. Awesome. All right. Well, signing off. All right. See ya. See ya.